It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. Hi, I'm Teresa. And I'm Amy. We are two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. So, Amy, what were some good things from last week? Well, we did the Silver Falls. Oh, fun. With my youngest. That was fun. And we only did two falls because she's kind of, (laughs) she's 13. It was like. Well, we told you that the 10th fall, the winter fall, was not there. There isn't a winter fall unless you're going in the winter time. Okay, good to know. Yeah, but it was beautiful and fun to do. Trying to do a little bit before school starts. It's It's crazy. It's going to happen quick. Well, fun. I came across this story about a California teacher who sings to her students every day to build confidence. Her name's Katie Booser. She's a third grade teacher at Franklin Elementary School. If this were me, I would be running out. I mean, I would get all my students. They would be running away from me. Well, I wouldn't want to sing because I'm horrible. But she wrote a catchy song to instill confidence in her students. It goes like this. It says, I believe in myself. I believe I can. I believe I'll try my best. I believe I'm awesome. I believe in me. Pencils up. I am strong. I am smart. I am capable. I'm a mathematician. I will pass this test. Ready, steady, Freddy, go. I just love it because I was horrible at math. So this just, I just thought, wow. The video is so cool. It really, it almost made me cry. I mean, she does this every... No, what age? What third grade. grade. Third grade. Okay. Before every multiplication test. And eventually they were asking her to do it like throughout the day, which mm-hmm. is so cool. And then she noticed that this song, you know, part of their class routine, the, the focus of their students just like totally improved, which is really cool. Well, and the affirming the, words in it alone, yeah. I would think. I mean, if we all said that, exactly. whatever we were doing, exactly. we'd probably feel a lot better. But then she also focuses not like on the number of your test score but are you doing your best which is such a different story yes, than this, yes. the takes number the pressure off takes right the pressure just off. work on your and improvement you do what you can do yeah right so katie says she can relate to student nerves before taking a test she had test anxiety as a young student and she talks about those teachers in her life that were like saying i believe in you you got this and you're strong and you're capable. So I think you totally remember the teachers that were see like those that things. versus the one. Well, I mean, you remember the others too, right? But, and they, that is, but yeah. I guess in a better way, you remember the ones that are encouraging, positively encouraging you. you. Yeah. And the other cool thing besides this pre-test singing, she's also created time. <laughs> just, that makes me giggle. You have to look it up yeah. because it's pretty. It's really cute. But she does daily journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she'll start with prompts like, I am, or I am healthy, mm-hmm. which I just love this. And she said that the students really enjoy this writing. And so she said even during the pandemic, and she's doing this all virtual, that she was like, it was important to at least do these two activities mm-hmm. because she saw I the benefit. Yeah. yeah. I love how she views teaching as a gift and as a way to make a difference in kids' lives, which, I mean, Mm -hmm. she certainly is doing, for sure. But this kind of prompted me to this other, I found this other story about this journal writing, and I saw this ad for, have you seen the Happy Me Journal? Mm -mm. Okay, so I checked out their website. It's so cool. The company was started by a mom. It's always the moms (laughs) out there. 2017. She had two kids, and... But one was seven and one was 11, which kind of made me laugh seven. But anyways, she was tired of reading about the statistics about kids growing up stressed out 
and with these mental health issues, you know, were mm-hmm. on the rise. So she's a tech and productivity consultant. And at the same time, she noticed there was this return back to paper and pen, mm-hmm. which is kind of I interesting. Love yeah, I love that. that. And so at the same time, it's like, you know, her, her colleagues and her friends were also beginning to focus more on overall well-being and mindfulness. So as a mom, she began to limit her kids' digital screen time and encourage a journaling and this gratitude practice instead. I love, she also started encouraging this like top three things at the dinner table, mm, mm-hmm. you know, which is really cool. This got her thinking and inspired her to create this journal that incorporates all those practices which science, 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 <laughs> you know, has shown to build happiness and this growth mindset. Was, I, there was a mom um, when my oldest was in preschool, but every night at dinner, she'd be like, what was the best? What was the first thing yeah. that happened today? And I was like, "That I think that's really smart. It opens up conversation. I don't right. always like the worst thing because ouch, yeah. but... I guess that's how you grow. Right. By discussing both the good and the bad. Yeah. No, that's super. So it kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. She completed an online course at the University of California at Berkeley that looked at the science behind happiness. And as well, she talked to educators and psychologists. I mean, she certainly did her research. So she created this simple daily journal that the entry can be completed in just a few minutes. And the illustrations, illustrations are really darling. It's lots of ways to keep kids engaged. She developed four journals, my first journal for ages three to six, and then really cute, and then my journal for ages six to 12, and then junior continuation journal, ages six to 12, and then my happy me teen journal for ages 12 plus. She's also got this podcast called The Curious Parent that focuses on skills to get her kids world ready. Oh, which I love that. Yeah. I have not listened to it, but I think that's super cool. I just love these journals, and they're so awesome. I think it would be a great back-to-school gift. Yeah. Anyways, we'll have that on our website at Tangential Inspiration. Smart mom there. I know. Super smart. Kind of like cancer, mental health is something that affects all of us. Right, I mean, we yeah. all know someone. I was inspired uh, with Wayne Johnson discussing his struggles with depression when he was younger. I do too. He's just so so many things I love about him. But it got me to watch a couple episodes that you told me with the show that Young Rock. Yeah, which is part of the reason I changed my mind with doing him this week to discuss mental health, just because it's so he's so everywhere. Yeah, everyone knows about his story now. I love that Dwayne Johnson's open and willing to share his struggles because. He's a guy who appears to have it all. For sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. A beautiful family, a great career. He's strong. He's a hard worker. Yeah. And how many people can say that they've been on the cover of People Magazine's Most Beautiful People? <laughs> he yeah. doesn't hide his previous insecurities, which I so admire. Right, yeah. Um, he doesn't hide his mistakes, but he uses them as lessons and teaching moments. Right. And reminders. And that just reminds um, It just makes me admire him. This transparency just is endearing. Yeah, to for sure. Life lessons are so painful, and The Rock has had his share. He was evicted at 15, uh-huh. which I'd read, yeah. In, yeah. I'd read in a book. He had been evicted at 15, and then he watched his mom try to commit suicide walking oh. in against traffic. So he reminds us that struggle and pain are very real. And I'm super grateful that he is opening up about dark times so that we know that everyone experiences them. But I admire that he's using his huge and very diverse fan base to spread the message. Because you're talking 
WWF. Right. And act yeah. his acting career. And, and Disney. Disney. I huh. mean, he was in Moana. But we need that. And another absolutely. face to it. Yeah. Exactly. So Ted Lasso, which <laughs> I know you're getting tired of hearing about. But he he even discussed The Dark Forest last week. Right. And no spoilers from me because I know not everyone's seen it. But he, Ted Lasso, talked about stories not starting or ending in the dark forest. It's just a part of the story. Right, yeah. Which I love because the key is to not stay in the dark forest but to move along. Yeah. It's just part right. of the journey, part right. of the path. Right. The more I read about Dwayne Johnson, the more I admire the guy. I wish I could thank him in person for all the efforts he's making to remind us that it's healthy to discuss mental health. But another uber-famous person reminding us of the importance of mental health is Simone Biles. Oh, yeah. And I just can't seem to pull away from the Olympics. I know, but (laughs) she was so great. I mean, so gracious and all of that. Seriously. I mean, not that I watched a ton of it, but I just am drawn to all these athletes. I read her book, Courage to Soar, and it definitely taught me about this Olympic icon. And I'm all about the underdog. I have a general aversion to pop culture. Which is kind of funny, but back when Friends was on, I couldn't bring myself to watch it because it was so popular. (laughs) Everybody was talking about it, and it was just too trendy for me. And for some reason, that just turns me off. If it's too trendy, I don't want to have anything to do with it. But when I finally caved and watched Friends, I discovered what all the hype was about. And it finally, you know, I watched it religiously for years. But all that to say, I'm kind of late at getting to learn about Simone Biles, too, because a lot of people already are well aware of everything that she's done. But, oh, my gosh, there's a reason everyone loves this girl. Yeah, She's a solid athlete, to say the least. She's got an infectious smile and a good head on her shoulders. She's definitely a good role model for young women out there. Yeah. And she's a good, te- I mean, teammate. I oh, mean, absolutely. Encouraging her teammates. Yeah. But she also was encouraged by other teammates. So it's so She saw that role modeling see, and passed it on. Yeah, to see it carried out. Some of my sudden interest with Simone Miles might have been feeling a little bit like I needed to dig in my heels and defend her when people were starting to pile on Aww. her for pulling out of events at the Olympics. Yeah. It just was frustrating because it's, she doesn't owe the American people anything. No. I know she's an American and she's making her country proud for sure, but let's be real. She's human. I know at times she's been labeled a robot, and I'm assuming it's from people who are envious of her, but she's far from robotic. No. She has all the emotions and feelings just like the rest of us, and actually, I would argue more so after reading this book. The pressure of this woman is under constantly. I just can't even comprehend. And for people to imply that she's not representing her country well... With anything other than grace, I would just question why they even think Simone Biles owes yeah. anyone anything. Right. Well, and I think it's good that she paused and realized Absolutely. that her head wasn't ready. It's I think it was a healthy it, I do, too. And what gymnasts and some, uh, many sports they do Absolutely. is so... And not just athletes. This it, needs to be in other areas, Right, too. but how risky. Whatever um, you're doing, yeah. whatever you're yeah. doing, if your head isn't in the right space, yeah. it's not safe. Yeah. I understand her dropping out of the all-around competition possibly cost another gold medal for the United States. We earned the silver, I guess, instead, and Russia won gold. But really, who knows? Yeah. I mean, who knows how she would have performed? Right. Whatever her reasons, she wasn't feeling it that day. And I'd say for her to stand up for mental health is worth more than a gold medal. I agree. I applaud Absolutely. her for that. From what I've read, those twisties. Yeah. 
are super scary. You're basically flying in the air, and if you don't have a proper sense of where you are, it's extremely dangerous. Right. Simone felt she couldn't execute it properly, and she's the only one that matters in making that decision. She's the only one that really knows. Right. She's the one so that's doing it. So some slack. But when I talked about Yusra Mardini in episode 43, I commented that she finished her book with the butterfly analogy, which yeah. <laughs> we can't escape. But I love good thing. It's a yeah, good it's transformation a, it's a, story. Exactly. Her book was called Butterfly, so it was fitting. But she was happy to emerge. Yusra was happy to emerge from her chrysalis and found, you know, herself this beautiful butterfly. And I just thought it was interesting that Simone Biles closed her book with the same finish. Oh, that's These two cool. ladies are they're both Olympic athletes, but yeah. their stories are drastically different. So I found it interesting that they both viewed themselves in the same way. Yeah. From the outside, it appears Simone Biles has it all. Just like the rest of us, she's a work in progress. Her challenges are different than yours or mine, but there's still struggles right. nonetheless. Simone was actually raised by her grandparents. Yeah. She calls her grandparents mom and dad. She's one of four siblings removed by Child Protective Services when their home life wasn't safe Aww. because her mom was substance abuse. When a biological mother just couldn't get her act together... The kids were taken, yeah. put into foster care. They occasionally would get to visit with the grandparents. And, you know, the mom tried to get her act together. She oh, tried to right. stay clean, but she just kept failing drug tests. So when it just was clear that that wasn't going to happen, the older siblings went to live with an aunt that was close to the mother because the two oldest siblings obviously were closer to their mother. Okay, yeah. And because they were older, they had spent more time with their mother, so they wanted to stay closer to her. And right. Simone and her younger sister went and lived with the grandparents. She doesn't spend a lot of time in the book talking about it and rehashing it, but I have no doubt that it's painful. Yeah, I bet. I mean, It's that's- just got to be. But like we've seen time and time again with these parents that we've looked at in the podcast, there are some amazing humans out there, and the Biles are no exception. They didn't agree right away to adopting the girls. They wanted to make sure that the decision, you know, they weighed all of it. And before they made that decision, they wanted to make sure that they could do it properly. So they weighed everything. But once they made the decision, they were all in. With raising Simone and Adria. I guess it was the grandfather, father, but I guess it was her father who had picked out the name Simone. He loved the singer Nina Simone. Oh, I'm not familiar. I'm not either, but he must have had a bunch of vinyl records and listened to her (laughs) back in the day. And he just loved the sound of Simone. So I thought that was really cute. She was discovered around six at a tumbling class. She was a super hyper kiddo. And I guess it was, it did come out that she has ADHD and it was leaked because of, you know, medical records years ago. And she, I don't think was quite ready to share it, but she was fine to share because it wasn't so much the embarrassment, but she wanted to do it on her own terms. And obviously she didn't get to do that, but she was hyper and fearless she just wanted to fly. I guess the one thing she does fear, bees. Okay. There's like a video of her getting a bouquet, and there must have been a, a bee in the bouquet. Aww. And so she <laughs> made a scene, and she said it's all over YouTube, and she won't ever hear the end of it. But during her time in foster homes, she lived with a family that had a trampoline, and she wanted more than anything to just get to jump on the trampoline. <sighs> but unfortunately, the family... Didn't they worried about you know foster kids jumping on the trampoline? Oh, so they thought it was too risky. Yeah. yeah. So okay. the foster kids weren't allowed to jump on the trampoline. Only the biological children. Oh, that so would they, have been really hard. Isn't that? I I just thought I don't that was cool. That. 
So they had to sit there and watch the other kids. Oh, I would say no one can do it. That's what I would say. If you're going to say. That's what I would say. I mean, her dream was just to have this trampoline. And fast forward a few years later, and her parents would actually be building a gym for their, not only their star, but also all levels of kids to come and learn to tumble and more. So this girl went from just wanting to jump on the trampoline. I mean, now she's taken over the world, but... Thank goodness for that little field trip to the tumbling gym. She kept going back, and eventually Coach Amy took notice, and eventually by the time she was around eight, Coach Amy would become her full-time coach. I loved that one of the first things when they moved in with the soon-to-be new parents, they had a trampoline. Oh, sweet. And so she was just in heaven getting Yay. to jump on Finally. the trampoline. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it wasn't the trampoline that she learned everything. She had gone to that uh, tumbling studio, and, uh, you know, they saw her skill, and Coach Amy saw her skill on the floor and kept, you know, nudging people, and they were like, you need to look at this girl. But I love that she was able to go from dreaming of something as small as a trampoline that so many people have to opening a training facility that they built from the ground up. Literally. And even that is a story in itself. Her Coach Amy was, like I said, with her from the beginning. She's the one who really pretty much discovered her and saw her potential. Simone was getting started relatively late, believe it or not, at six. Wow, isn't that amazing? And even she didn't start working with Amy till eight, but still at six, relatively late. That's little. Amy brought out the best in Simone, pushing her to practice, 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 but never put her on diets, which I really admire. Because that's so typical with gymnastics. yeah, yeah. And she always, always reminded her to do her best and have fun. She just wanted her to have fun. She wanted her to practice until she didn't have to think about it anymore. And then when it came time to competition, just go enjoy it. So the two have been through a lot together, including, as Simone put it, her bratty period. Um, So when Coach Amy left the gym she had been at forever, Simone wanted to stay with her. So that's kind of how it happened with the training facility. They had a coach and an athlete, but no gym to train. So Simone's mom decided it was time to get out of the nursing home business and build a training facility. Once again, I just, I'm like, talk about love. Just putting it out there, yeah. Doing what she had to do. And definitely a blessing. Not everyone ha- would have those resources right, to be able to, pull to do together. that. together, yeah. But I so admire that her parents were driven and always showing their love in everything. They did what they had to do to make it happen. And we all know the next chapter of the story. <laughs> Simone Biles dazzled everyone in Rio under Coach Amy Borman and Marta Kralia. Okay, yeah. I don't know how you say your last name, but she's the Hungarian-born Romanian-American coach who defected from Transylvania okay. to the U.S. in 1981. Right. Simone Biles went individual gold in the all-around, vault, floor, and bronze on the balance beam. Wow. So... I mean, That's, the previous time she yeah. hadn't even made the team right. so, and was devastated, and she just worked, 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 and so this was huge. She also got one gold as part of the final five. They picked the name as a nod to Coach Marta as, the, as she was retiring in 2016. They had won nine medals, so it was probably wow, a good yeah. time to, to retire, but... Biles was chosen by Team USA to be the flag bearer at closing ceremonies, and this was quite nervous. Because it was bigger than she was. <laughs> and, I mean, she's four foot eight. Yeah. She's a petite, yeah, petite. little thing. Yeah. And she was worried it was going to be super heavy, but she did just fine and was more than competent to carry the flag. She was the first American female gymnast to be given the honor. Oh, wow. So that's I think that's, that's an interesting cool. fun fact. Yeah, but that's, yeah. 
The sacrifices she had given were instantly worth it. Her father reminded her that she could go to college anytime. Yeah. But gymnastics at that level wouldn't always be an option. Yet she missed school dances and right. a lot of sacrifices. Absolutely. I'm sure. And she was she wanted to be social. She likes makeup and clothes and the cheetah girls and all of that stuff. So she missed out on a lot of extracurricular activities by being homeschooled. But I'd say the opportunity to participate in the Olympic Games far surpasses homecoming. Sure. Oh my gosh. Or yeah. prom. Yeah. But I was chuckling to myself literally when I read the section of her being homeschooled because Simone, she had struggled with the decision about being homeschooled, and it really was the right decision in being homeschooled, but she still struggled with, with making that decision, and her right. parents never would decide stuff for her. It that's was on so her. Awesome. It was it's on so her. so hard as a parent to do that. Oh, absolutely. And I, that's really amazing. And even when she yeah. committed early on to, I want to say, UCLA, yeah. she called and, and committed to him, and then she decided to go for the Olympics. So she had to call back and say, I'm going to the Olympics, so I will not be coming there right. yet. And her mom was like, you made that decision to call. You need to, you know, right, be an you. adult and, and call and make the decision, let them know your decision. So I love that they helped, you know, held yeah, their ground. That's so cool. Once again, that book, Adulting. I know. <laughs> they, I was, I'm just a little too familiar. <laughs> she struggled with that decision. She finally, when her mom said that she had found a perfect teacher to homeschool her, she decided that it probably was in her best interest. And it didn't quite work out oh, yeah. the way they planned because when <laughs> the, the best teacher ended up being her dad. Oh. Which he was, would have been totally qualified. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. was, he's smart. He's right. um, He was retired and he had the time. But she went from an excellent student to a not-so-excellent well, student. Well, I think that'd be hard. Oh, absolutely. For sure. So obviously, just the combination of yeah. the two of them yeah. didn't work. And, but once they found the right fit with, with the right teacher... It all seemed to click. Fast forward to the Tokyo Games, and once again, we know what happens. Biles, not only a very decorated gymnast, she has certain moves named after her. Right, yeah. I guess in gymnastics, with the more difficult moves, they're often named after the person who first performed them. Right, or right. demonstrated yeah. them in performance. So for she's got the Biles on floor, which is a double layout with a half twist. Biles, two, double backflip, triple twist. On the beam... Files is a double twisting, double backflip dismount. Wow. I mean, just... It's hard. It's even uh, hard to say. It's it like is. a tongue twister. Biles on the vault is a Yuchenko half on with two twists. And also the term goat is thrown around a okay, lot with yeah. her. To the point where she's got them embroidered on her, one of her, leot- at least one of her leotards, which I'm embarrassed I had to look that up. Greatest of all time awesome. athletes. Yeah. yeah wow. Which yeah. Um, different athletes... Have the goat. But yeah. Yeah. And Very she's, cool. She, a lot of time, the hashtag goat, but so much was expected of her. It was pretty much assumed that she would do what she does best and impress everyone with her compact power. I have to watch most of her performances several times to right. actually see what she's yeah, doing. Yeah, catch it. Yeah. yeah. So fast. In part because she moves so fast. Yeah. And then in part because I'm just in, I'm like, my jaw drops. I just right. can't believe what I'm seeing. What happened? Yeah. To say she's made headlines when she dropped out of the all-around Olympic competition in Tokyo would definitely be an understatement. It was very sad for her, but I'm impressed with her bravery. It wasn't the first time she made a statement in the gymnastic world. At the 2011 U.S. National Championships, she designed and wore a teal leotard as a statement to unify the survivors of Nassar. She spoke out about Aww. the sexual abuse yeah. she suffered 
under former USA Gymnastics doctor Larry Nasser and was critical of the USA Gymnastics for their handling yeah. of the doctor. Clearly, being an Olympian isn't as glamorous as it might appear. I so love that Michael Phelps was quick to support Simone. I saw some interviews with him, and he was very big brother and supportive. Quick to support her after her announcement, noting issues of mental mental health can't just be swept under the rug. Tennis legend Billie Jean King also weighed in, which I loved. This she said, "I hope kids find their authentic self." Take good care of themselves, and it's okay if you don't feel good. Ask for help. When I think of Naomi, she was talking Naomi Osaka, and Simone and Phelps, all these guys were really helping. It's just also overwhelming and difficult to know where to begin, but I'd say these athletes are starting important conversations, and that's really what this is all about. It's time for us to see the importance of addressing our mental health, just like our physical health. I'm grateful for their bravery because the trolls out there. Yeah. They're they, everywhere. They would totally intimidate me. Yeah. I just, I don't know if I could be yeah. as vocal. Right. But the Mental Health America, um, they commented on Simone's decision saying, on the world stage, she's bravely showing us all that maintaining one's mental health is as important as physical health, full stop. Yeah, for sure. Which I love. Yeah. Love that she ignored, or at least did her best to ignore the people commenting on her muscular build. Oh. You know, they'd make comments about different things, and she just took that petite stature God gave her and turned it into a compact powerhouse. Her dad would remind her not to squander the gifts that God had given her. Oh. So she just constantly had that yeah. in the back of her mind. I love her work ethic. Super impressive. Like I said, it reminds right. me a lot of The Rock. But I also admire that she knows her limits. She's not afraid to use her voice, and she seems to really understand and appreciate her platform. Right. There have been some issues she just doesn't have the energy to expend on. And I think that's smart, too. Yeah. You need to know where your limitations pick your battles. are. Yeah. yeah, that's good. We only have so much energy, and you got to pick your battles. I don't have a whole lot in common with Simone Biles, but I'm so happy I learned a little more about this superhuman. I'm inspired to see her using her platform to raise awareness for f- the foster care system. Oh, wow. So mental health cool. was huge this last summer, but she also is a spokesperson for the foster care system. That alone motivated me to check out things that we can do in our area for yeah. foster kids. So I know I haven't told you yet, but there's like um, each year in Oregon, about a thousand kids age out of the foster care system oh, so wow. they are on their own right and you can put together this box so i think we need to put together oh, this I'd box love and there, that. Are just, there yeah. are all sorts of different things so anyway it got me looking into the foster care system but that's a whole nother podcast i'm impressed that she's addressing the issue and according to the national foster youth institute only about 50 percent of foster kids graduate from high school oh man that's and not girls, good no just heartbreaking Girls in foster care are twice as likely to become pregnant by 19. Those are sobering statistics. Yeah, for sure. And I got to say, looking at some of the stats, it's just heart-wrenching and daunting. Yeah. But I still believe that every little bit helps. Right. And we just got to work to make the world a better place. She's partnered with Mattress Firm Foster Kids, a donation-driven program that has given more than 610,000 items, things, you know, clothing and and school supplies, since its founding in 2015. They work with 115 nonprofits across 40 different states, and she attends as many of the events as she can to remind the kids to stay hopeful. She knows the struggles. Right. 
because she experienced them and she reminds them of that. She told them it's hard going into a system with hardly anything because even though foster parents may receive a stipend, sometimes it's not enough to cover all the necessities. I came from a foster home and went on to achieve everything I've achieved. I'm just hoping it can inspire other foster kids to never give up and to always pursue your dreams. There are no limits. Oh, yeah. So I love that. Yeah. I love that she's talking about her roots. Right. Being real. Being very open and and opening painful times. For sure. But then reminding them that there are good times ahead. Not all foster kids are as lucky, and I would definitely say that we're fortunate to have Simone Biles continuing to raise the bar. In her unique way, she's encouraging us to have those difficult conversations. Yeah, for sure. um, To be more understanding of others and just to be better overall humans. i got to say, after reading her book, I love Simone Biles more, even if she is crazy popular. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to see what she does next. It warms my heart that she gives foster kids hope. When they hear her story, that's huge for me. Really, she gives us all hope. It's if someone as amazing as Simone Biles can have an off day, yeah, it means all of us can publicly, absolutely, you know, but it means that all I mean, it can happen to all of us, and I think that's what's so refreshing to me. So, I just really admire that she's putting herself out there so that we can all learn and grow from her experiences. The unexpected is usually what brings. The Unbelievable, Simone Biles. Not only has she been a role model for self-care and the importance of mental health, particularly after the Tokyo Games, but Simone Biles piqued my interest with foster care. Came across a guy definitely making the world a much better place. Madapazi has been a single foster parent for three years. His story alone pulls at the heartstrings. He grew up in Uganda, but ran away from home when he was 10 due to an abusive situation. He found an adult role model to guide him, but it sounds like he experienced a level of poverty that we just don't even begin to understand. Mutapazi went to college in the UK, and then eventually he made his way to the States where he works at World Vision. Oh, which okay. is a nonprofit. Yeah. yeah, I know World Vision. Yeah. It's a nonprofit organization that helps children in vulnerable areas around the world. He's fostered 13, or I it said 12, but I, well, I want to say it's 13, but yeah. a, at least a dozen kids. And the guy's pretty amazing in my book already. He had, like, when he came over here and decided to do foster care, he had, like, he had to do four months of classes, child-proof his home. He's a single black man. What? So he he had he had fostered some kids. He had just had a very emotional ending with a pair of brothers. Aww. And he said goodbye to these siblings after their six months. He had a special connection. And when he said goodbye, he just decided that he needed to take a break. Yeah. And just kind of reevaluate because it was just so painful for yeah. him. So he had made that decision to take a break from fostering for a bit. That was on Monday. On Friday, he gets a call, and they ask, um, the social worker asks if he can take care of this young man for the weekend. Oh, wow. Man. So, of course, he's going to say he can. He can. Sure. So one of his foster kids is named Anthony. That's the young man that they asked for him to care for the weekend. And Anthony had been in the foster care system since he was two. He had been adopted when he was four. But then he was abandoned at the hospital. They just left him at the hospital, didn't say anything when he was 11. So when Mutabazi heard the story, he just, he knew that, 
this kid, he needed more. He yeah. deserved more. Yeah. So in 2018, when Anthony was rejected by his adoptive family, Mutabazi asked to let him stay with him. And then he eventually, by November 12th in 2019, adopted him officially. <sighs> it's adorable. Yeah. They both yeah. have these shirts that have the Mutabazi last name on the back. It's a super sweet story with their whole thing. And they still have, they have fosters that they also do. He's got a bunch of like YouTube videos where they're shopping in Costco together. And it's got, it's got the dad. What's the YouTube channel? What's it um, called? Uh, Now I am known. Okay. So I'll have to share um, that out. Well, and he's also, oh, I can't remember his Instagram thing, but we'll put it up on our website. But the dad is, you know, going to Costco with all these foster kids because I guess they eat all the time. Yeah. Well, of course. So you've got Anthony. Yeah. Two, like, teenage boys in the house. And I guess there have been times where he's, you know, people have accused him of kidnapping a child because he's got an unruly toddler and he's taking him out to the car to have a chat before they go back into the restaurant and because they're different colors. and People start to be. Yeah, it's just, this guy's strong. Yeah. Definitely. But so he adopted Anthony officially in 2019 and they're kind of like a little team they have a website like i said called now i am known and it's adorable it has their little dog simba on it which you know already i'm a sucker for the dog but they have the dog has a little scarf that has words of affirmation so this goes back to when he was in uganda he had had you know just words of believing that you are enough and you are good and you are loved and yeah so the plushie the cool thing about this website, you get on there and you buy one for someone else in the foster system, oh. and then or you buy one for you, they donate one to someone in the foster system. Oh, that's so, so cool! Um, yeah, the website's now I am known. It's got a cute picture of the dog. Oh. Like it's like a replication of their dog. It's just <laughs> all sorts of. I mean, the whole story is just beautiful. The quote that he has on there is that my goal is to lift up those who have been forgotten and to say you're special, you matter. Oh, and I just, I yeah. I mean, these two, if you get on the website and look yeah. up, it's like it tells the dad's story and it tells the adopted son's story. And they're both uh, very similar yeah. but also very different. But it's just beautiful in how they're helping others in the world. Yeah, I love it. I have a couple updates to remember in episode 30, we talked about Tiket Bramlett. Yes, oh, yes, yes. The first black vineyard uh, president in a major we U.S. It out, we did. And it was one of my favorite wineries. I know. I loved it. And it's right here in Newburgh, Oregon, yes. the Dawn Vineyards. Anyways, I just found out that she was made the list of wine enthusiasts 40 under 40 Tastemaster for 2021. Cool. So very cool. Well yeah. deserved. Well, well deserved. deserved. Yeah. And then you were talking about Simone Biles. Remember what a big sister she was to Jordan Childs, also a U.S. gymnast. We talked about her in episode 37. Well, she won the silver medal in the Tokyo Olympics, and she's local here, Vancouver, Washington, and she was honored on, on August 22nd. The mayor, Anne McEnemy Ogle, presented her with a key to the city and they it was really cute i guess they had like vintage cars that carried the family Mm -hmm. and they had live music playing so i wish i would have gone i I know me too i wish i would have too it's fun out of suffering have emerged the strongest souls and the most massive characters are seared with scars 
Khalil Kibram. Thanks for listening to Tangential Inspiration. We really want to hear from you. Email us your comments or story suggestions at tangentialinspiration at gmail.com or leave a comment on our website, tangentialinspiration.com. Our website has all our podcast episodes, show notes, stories, follow-ups, and links to websites and books we talk about. Like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, and you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a great week.